Good evening. We have a significant storm rolling into the GTA this hour, one that Toronto officials say could take days to clean out from under. The system is making its way up from the U.S., and it is big. Pretty much everyone across southern Ontario will be taking a hit. We have live team coverage of this story for you this evening. Our Lindsay Morrison's in our weather centre with details of where the storm is going and what it's bringing with it. John Musselman is at Pearson Airport tonight checking in on how travellers both arriving and leaving are faring. Well, we start with CTV's Sean Leithong, who has the info commuters will want to know heading into the evening and tomorrow. Sean. Well, Nathan and Michelle, the storm really picked up in the last hours, just after 5 o'clock when the flakes really started to fall from what was an otherwise dreary day. But the commute tonight will be difficult. Tomorrow could be much worse. Time to start clearing as the winter weather is ramping up during the evening drive. It's probably going to get a, a bit nastier. A winter storm warning is now materializing with the worst yet to come. It's going to get a bit more... Uh you know, hectic out there. It's probably it's going to be a bit slippery. Earlier today, work was underway as snow removal trucks were filling up with brine and preparing for a multi-day blast. City crews are ready to activate for this next winter event. An underactive snow season means the salt domes are full. More than 1,100 machines and vehicles will be active over the next day, but with several centimeters of snow along with possible freezing rain. We will continue to plow throughout the night and into the morning. With the heaviest snow expected this evening, commuters are cautioned about tomorrow morning. If you have to commute, we strongly recommend that try to take public transit. In anticipation, GO trains will be on a reduced and adjusted schedule. While the TTC has called in additional operators and vehicles, they're applying an anti-icing agent to streetcars, and they're warning of a Line 3 Scarborough SRT possible closure to be replaced by buses, and that more than 40 bus stops will be out of service if they're near a hilly area. We know the system will intensify and change in the next uh, 24 hours. Drivers who must be at work tomorrow are being urged to leave early and drive to the conditions. If you're out on the roads, uh, give yourself lots of space behind the vehicle in front of you so you can slow down, change lanes or stop if needed, and, uh, and be aware of how quickly these conditions can change. And they're expected to change significantly over the next 24 hours. So what you look at behind me is the westbound 401 near Allen Road. It's been moving very slowly for much of the day, and it continues to get even slower throughout the evening. And when we talk about snow clearing, the City of Toronto says they'll do an initial clear over the next day or so, but it could go into Friday or the weekend where they'll do a second round and making sure that all the walkways and driveways are clear. Reporting live, I'm Sean Leithong. Michelle, send it back to you. Thank you, Sean. Well, the storm has already had a significant effect on air travel in the U.S., and the same is expected here in the coming hours. Our John Musselman is at Pearson Airport tonight. John, what are you hearing? Well, Michelle, I'm inside Terminal 1, the departure level. They're telling us here at the airport that less than 20% of departures have been cancelled, but they're advising travellers to be prepared. As the storm moves in, it will get worse. There is some red on the departure board, delays and cancellations, mostly as a result of the weather impacting airport operations in the U.S. Midwest. But the situation could change here as the storm gets worse throughout the night. This couple was delayed in the States and missed their connecting flight to Edmonton. Well, our flight got delayed and we were in Vegas for six days and then our flight got delayed for a couple of hours, so we missed our connecting flight. So we've basically been here, we have to sit here for 12 hours. These passengers are trying to get to a work site. It's a gold mine in northern Ontario. Their flight was cancelled.
Where are you headed? We're in Sudbury. Sudbury, okay. Yeah. What time is your flight supposed to go? Uh, four o'clock. So, right now. It's not going. It's not going. Well, we were sitting outside. We seen a couple of planes take off and stuff like that. But that had that's what they're telling us is about the weather. So frustrating. It is. It's very frustrating. Still, other passengers say they are only experiencing minor delays so far. We're scheduled to go at seven. It's been delayed till eight. Okay. And there's bad weather coming right now. Are you a little worried that it's not going to go at eight? Uh, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. We live out in Calgary, out in Alberta, so we're used to it. So, the weather gets bad. We have to get delayed. That's fine. Officials with the GTAA say the airport is under winter operations. The de-icing station will be in operation to keep air traffic moving. In a statement to CTV News, the GTAA has ensured appropriate staffing for its various areas of responsibility, including snow clearing, operation of the airport's baggage infrastructure, and in-terminal support staff. Through communications with our partners, the GTAA has underscored the importance of appropriate staffing for airlines, agencies, and third-party service providers to ensure the best possible experience for our valued passengers during what may be a challenging winter operation. So far, 17% of all departures and 22% of all arrivals have been cancelled. And again, if you're flying tonight or even into tomorrow morning, check your flight status with your airline before you come out to the airport. Reporting live inside Terminal 1, I'm John Musselman. I'll send it back to you. All right, thank you, John. Let's turn it over to Lindsay Morrison with more on what to expect from this system over the coming hours, Lindsay. And Nathan, this storm is just getting started. We are in for a messy night here in the GTA. Already some light freezing rain is being reported in Windsor. We've got ice pellets being reported in London and the snow is starting to become heavier and steadier for us around the GTA. There's a look at the current satellite and radar. We are under a winter storm warning here locally in the city. It is a freezing rain warning to our south and to our west. It's a snowfall warning to our north and to the east. We're going to break down what that means for you coming up, but let's talk about the winds because this is part of the story too. Already gusting to around 70 kilometers per hour in the Hamilton area. Not only could that lead to blowing snow and reduced visibility, but in areas where ice accretion is a possibility tonight, that could also result in some power outages. Current temperature in Toronto is minus four degrees. Factor in the winds and it feels into the minus double digits just about everywhere. What to expect tonight into tomorrow morning is really going to depend on where you are, but we'll break this all down for you coming up in your forecast. Uh, we are looking at significant snowfall accumulations here locally with a catch. Things could change if we get more in the way of ice pellet activity as opposed to snow. All of those details are just ahead. For now, Nathan, back to you. All right, thank you, Lindsay. City warming stations will be open tonight for people needing shelter. For a full list and other details on the storm, including school and bus cancellations and other updates, just head to ctvnewstoronto.ca. You can also watch CTV News at 1130 with Zarada Allman for all the latest information on this system. A grocery store in Milton is the scene of a police investigation following a violent carjacking that led officers on a brief chase. Police have now released footage of the incident along with suspect descriptions. CTV's Janice Golding has the details. It's 9.40 a.m. and a woman's panic screams can be heard across a grocery store parking lot. Her car has just been struck by a stolen white pickup truck, a man then smashing in her driver's side window before he throws her to the ground and two suspects speed off in her Honda CRV. To be thrown on the ground out of your car and your car disappears, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, I come to Metro all the time and it's scary to think that you could just be getting in your car and someone could do that to you. It's a little bit scared, 
and uh, it's not comfortable, you know, to go anymore anywhere because of the, what's been happening. And police say the carjacking, which took place right here at 1050 Kennedy Circle in Milton, was just the culmination of a series of disturbing events that began some 10 minutes earlier involving a stolen Ford F-250 pickup truck. Our officers went to stop the vehicle. Uh, the suspect vehicle fled. There was a brief pursuit, uh, which was called off fairly quickly because officers deemed it was too dangerous given the time of the day and the number of people on the roads. Soon afterward, however, that pickup was involved in two hit-and-run collisions and a gas drive-off at the Petro-Canada at 5 Main Street East, where this image of one of the suspects was captured. And also drove through a chain-link fence and drove through a playground where children were playing. So that's obviously, you know, some pretty dangerous actions on behalf of these two suspects. Police describe the suspects as a white male with dark hair in his late 20s, clean-shaven and wearing a dark-colored hooded sweater. The second suspect is described as a white male, six foot two inches tall, with a thin build, and he was last seen wearing a gray sweater. Police say the woman was transported to hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. They add that no one was hurt in the other three incidents involving the pickup truck. Anyone with information is asked to contact Halton Regional Police. Janice Golding, CTV News. And Toronto police are asking for the public's help after a disturbing incident prompted a lockdown at a high school in Bloordale Village. It happened yesterday and afternoon. Investigators say a man got inside St. Mary's Catholic Academy and assaulted a 17-year-old student before he was confronted by staff and fled. If you recognize him, you're asked to contact detectives or Crime Stoppers. The safety of Toronto's streets has been front and centre at City Hall today. Some groups are concerned about what the increase to the police budget will mean for their communities. CTV's Austin Delaney is at City Hall tonight and joins us live. Austin, what is this group asking for? Well, in a nutshell, what they want to do is they want to reopen the budget that was passed here at City Hall just last week. They feel the councillors were pressured into it with the threat of strong mayor powers. With John Tory's exit from the mayor's office Friday and the top job now up for grabs, a coalition of community groups is focusing on who should be Toronto's next mayor. If we're going to get a leadership that's just going to rubber stamp everything that John Tory did in the past, then we have a problem. We have an opportunity now as the candidates line up to find out what are they really about. The coalition wants the $48 million increase in the police budget reinvested in community initiatives, including much-needed housing. Would you feel safe without a home? I think that's a very real question to ask. I think housing is absolutely part of community safety. I think access to mental health care services is absolutely part of community safety. And that has to be part of the discussion. The city budget passed last week, but this organization says it lacked initiatives to help the most vulnerable. It's safety net that we normally have to help those people that are falling between the cracks. That safety net needs another safety net because it also has cracks now. So we need a leadership that understands the problem and has the, the vision necessary to move our city even forward in a better way. It is hoping a new mayor would reopen the budget. Now, a new mayor is still months away, but this organization thinks it's the perfect time to push community safety agenda. Reporting live, I'm Austin Delaney. Nathan? All right, thank you, Austin. And those community groups also expressing concern over a story we first brought you last night and the decision by the Toronto Police Service to put an officer with a controversial history in charge of its professional standards unit. As CTV's John Woodward reports, the city's police services board also had to approve the promotion but may not have been aware of all the facts.
In this picture from 1993, then-Constable Rick Shank poses with bloody knuckles. A judge found he had unlawfully arrested Paul Reese, the chase becoming a brawl in Reese's family's home, his mother ripping this badge number from Shank's shoulder, 6045. Shank was wearing that number when he killed two other young black men in the 1990s. In one case cleared by the SIU, in the other he was acquitted of manslaughter at court. And there's his badge number among the list put to the Toronto Police Board two years ago as a promotion to superintendent. When it emerged Shank was assigned to run the services professional standards unit, there was an outcry. It stinks to high hell. It's extremely disappointing and it erodes the public trust. Toronto Police Services needs to re-examine, uh, you know, how they want to, uh, you know, build a relationship with the community. If he's going to be head of the standards, I'm, it's clear that his standards of operation is not similar with what the city wants. But as important as that history is to the black community, there was no mention of it in the chief's package to the police services board, saying simply, a check of internal sources, including professional standards, diversity and inclusion, legal services and labor relations, reveals no historic or current information on file indicating that the officers should not be recommended for a promotion. On the hiring panel, Myron Demkew, promoted last year to chief amid controversy about his raid on bathhouses 20 years ago. The boards need to do more due diligence. This former Toronto police board member says some of the history was available on a simple Google search. They really need to uh, dig much deeper into the history of somebody that they are considering for high office. The Toronto police have stood by their hire, saying those incidents decades ago don't reflect who he is as a person and a police officer pointing to 30 years of exemplary service. They say according to the rules, he was eligible for that promotion. It's not clear what, if anything, the police services board will do. Their next meeting is on March 2nd. John Woodward, CTV News. And if you have a story idea for CTV News Investigates, please let us know. You can email investigate at ctv.ca or visit our website for more secure and anonymous ways to get in touch. As Ontario marks Human Trafficking Awareness Day, police are sharing the results of a joint effort to crack down on the issue in this province. Police from 21 services, including the OPP and Toronto Police, teamed up in late 2021 to combat human trafficking. Since then, they say they've assisted 61 victims, ranging in age from just 12 years old to 47 years old. 28 people have faced charges, with the accused aged 18 to 44. Members of Brampton's Hindu community are speaking out after a series of troubling incidents of vandalism at places of worship. And the city's mayor, Patrick Brown, is standing with them. CTV's Beth McDonnell has the story. In the next month or two, the Brampton Treveni Munder could be ready to welcome worshippers. But within the Hindu community, there is hurt and fear. We're having sleepless nights because our temple is under construction and we've invested millions of dollars in buying very expensive, nice, beautiful white stone. It's happened four times in recent months around the GTA, including just a few minutes down the road in January at another Hindu place of worship. And again here in Mississauga last week. Any act of intimidation, vandalism um, or hate in a place of worship um, is despicable. At a news conference, Brampton's mayor, flanked by Hindu faith leaders and police officers, reminded perpetrators there is zero tolerance for the hateful and hurtful vandalism. They will be prosecuted and they will be held accountable. And so to leaders in the Hindu community, we say today, we stand with you. 
Brown says there are more resources to stop places of worship like this one from being defaced with hateful words, including money in the budget for 70 more police officers. He says there are also provincial funds available for cameras to be set up to gather digital evidence. But there is much more work to be done as the police and the community try to understand who are behind the acts and why. Only the people that committed those crimes will be able to explain exactly what the motive was behind that. In the Brampton incident, the word Khalistan was written in graffiti. It bears the name of a Sikh separation movement underway in India's Punjab province. Moti, the same last name of India's prime minister, was on the wall in the Mississauga case. No one here would say if there is a connection with the movement. It was definitely an offense to us as a temple, and it projected to us that there's hatred and created fear in the minds of the devotees. Standing up to the hate, a way to show how much they want it to stop. Beth McDonnell, CTV News. Marking the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, we look at the humanitarian relief effort here in the GTA and the urgent need for continued support. That's coming up. In the Middle East, there was another deadly escalation of violence between Israel and the Palestinians. Israeli troops launched a raid in the West Bank city of Nablus. Officials in the occupied territory say 10 Palestinians were killed and more than 100 others were wounded. The Palestinians say at least four gunmen and four civilians were among those who died. Israel says it entered the West Bank's commercial center to arrest three militants suspected in previous shooting attacks. The European Union is preparing for an international donors conference in Brussels next month. It's intended to mobilize funds to support Turkey and Syria following the earthquakes. On the ground, crews are still searching for survivors following Monday's magnitude 6.4 earthquake. It killed eight people and left countless others homeless. It was the third major quake in two weeks. The February 6th earthquakes killed more than 47,000 people. All players in Canada's three major junior hockey leagues will undergo mandatory respect training. The announcement came as a Quebec legislature committee met to discuss violent hazing rituals. How can we make sure that we find out about these, these incidents so that we can deal with them? Because if they happen, we do deal with them. They're not brushed under the rug. The legislature is studying the issue after details were revealed recently of sexual assault and torture suffered by teenage hockey players in the past. Today, the head of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League says a locker room code will be in effect next season, making it clear what behavior is unacceptable. The federal government says it's eyeballing Ontario's new health care plan, and so is the provincial opposition. MPPs are asking for clarity to key parts of the bill, saying it lacks details and transparency. Queen's Park reporter Siobhan Morris joins us now to explain. Siobhan, what are the concerns? A whole bunch of them, Nathan. Uh, chief among them concerns that this bill doesn't go far enough to add protections for patients uh, to keep from being upsold, uh, to keep other people from jumping ahead of them in line. And we don't have much information at this point about who will be keeping an eye on these clinics when they open. Ontario Healthcare is... Through the snow on Hospital Row, politicians and medical staff push against growing the number of surgeries at for-profit clinics. 
Inside the provincial legislature, the opposition poked holes in a new bill that uses this crisis as an excuse to expand for-profit health care in Ontario. The government insists it's just trying to get patients help sooner and keep them from languishing on wait lists. It is unfathomable to me that the member Order. opposite doesn't understand by expanding what is already in place in the province of Ontario with over 800 community clinics that we do not Spons. see an opportunity here to serve the patient better. Legislation makes explicit that clinics can't charge you to jump the queue. They can't turn away patients who turn down upgrades that OHIP doesn't cover. The health minister has called them guardrails. This plan is, is you know, off the rails when it comes to accountability. Uh, no real complaints process, no sense of where the what the body is that's going to ensure that these clinics are inspected. The liberal health critic is frustrated by the lack of detail around oversight. And with the past track record of this government, of repeated commitments to look at things like upselling and upcharging, but then always uh, a failure to follow through on those things, I am even less confident today. That the protections will amount to much. There's also worry that asking clinics for a staffing plan won't prevent deepening a shortage of nurses in places like emergency rooms. Can the Premier guarantee today that these for-profit clinics will not poach staff from our publicly funded hospitals and long-term care homes? The Premier only trumpeted how many health workers have been added since 2018. 60,000 new nurses, 8,000 new doctors. We put a medical school together that's going to graduate more doctors. Order. The head of the University Health Network believes the legislation does enough to keep hospitals from losing staff. The Liberal health critic had really hoped to hear more from the government about the root causes of the staffing crisis in hospitals. Tomorrow, Adil Shamji will try to get there, introducing a private member's bill uh, aiming to cut down on what he calls unethical practices at nursing agencies. Reporting live from Queen's Park, I'm Siobhan Morris. Michelle, back to you. Thank you, Siobhan. A final report on the 2020 mass shooting in Nova Scotia will be released next month. 22 people were killed during a 13-hour rampage by a man disguised as an RCMP officer. The Mass Casualty Commission held a public inquiry into the tragedy, and its report will be available March 30th. It'll examine the police response, access to firearms, and gender-based violence, among other things. The Canadian Armed Forces has thwarted multiple attempts by China to spy in the Arctic. The revelation comes amid heightened concern following the shootdown of a Chinese spy balloon off the Carolina coast earlier this month. Three unidentified objects were also shot out of the sky later. Without giving details, the Canadian military now says it tracked and stopped a number of spying efforts by Beijing in the air and on the water. That included finding and retrieving, retrieving make that Chinese monitoring buoys in the Arctic last fall. Meanwhile, some think this might also be a buoy, but not for spying. The mysterious metal sphere washed up on a Japanese beach. A, bom a police bomb squad was dispatched just to be sure. It was deemed safe, but there's still no indication just what this is. Authorities say the rusty hollow object will be removed soon. U.S. President Joe Biden reassured frontline Eastern European nations that America has their back. And while that was happening, China pledged to deepen cooperation with Moscow in what could be a sign of a growing alliance. CTV's chief international correspondent Paul Workman reports. Vladimir Putin! The Russian president, who has yet to visit soldiers on the front line in Ukraine, leading his troops today from a grand concert stage in Moscow. 
Only a brief appearance from Vladimir Putin on what's known as Defender of the Fatherland Day. Right now, there is a battle on our historical frontiers, led by Russians fighting heroically, courageously, bravely, said Putin. Leading the stadium in a boisterous war cry. His other focus was on a high-profile meeting with the foreign minister of China, greeted warmly in the opulence of the Kremlin, with the U.S. worried that China may begin shipping arms to Russia for its war in Ukraine. Dear Wang Yi, dear friend, said Putin, Russia and China are reaching new milestones in their relationship. Joe Biden was in Warsaw on his own mission to rally support for Ukraine and reassure worried leaders of Eastern Europe in a new alliance known as the Bucharest Nine NATO. that American support for these frontline states is vital and solid. And you know better than anyone what's at stake in this conflict, not just for Ukraine, but for the freedom of democracies throughout Europe and around the world. Dear Mr. Biden, please. And on the streets of Warsaw, a reminder for Biden. F-16 to Ukraine. Of Ukraine's need and demand for more modern weapons to defend against Russia's aggression. It was a day then for both the U.S. and Russia to strengthen alliances. Here in Ukraine, the country is preparing for the possibility of a large-scale missile barrage to mark the one-year anniversary of the war's launch. Paul Workman, CTV News, Kyiv. Back here at home, Ukrainians across the GTA are marking the one-year anniversary since the Russian-led invasion began. And as CTV's Raheem Ladani reports, the calls for long-term support from Canada continue. Because of war... Anastasia Ringis fled her hometown of Kyiv with her daughter and stepdaughter last April after learning she was a Russian target because she was a journalist. My friends from, um, by the way, Canadian embassy, they found my name in a kill, Kremlin kill list. Ringis's children are now students at Carleton University, out of harm's way, thanks to Canadians. We have friends here in Canada, and they helped us to move to Canada. It's been one year since Russia began its full-scale invasion, but Ukraine's resolve remains firm. I allow myself to cry once a day, early in the morning, and then I am fueled by rage, adrenaline, and coffee. That frame of mind has helped fuel $52 million in humanitarian relief aid through the Canada-Ukraine Foundation. Some of that money has gone towards medicine, ambulances and generators, but also designated for mental health supports. There's going to be 1.5 million veterans after the war is finished. How are we going to integrate them back into society? Access to food remains one of the biggest challenges. One in three do not know where their next meal are coming from. With the help of Global Medic, 300,000 food kits have been delivered while family emergency kits are also being handed out to help locals survive after the war. It's the simplest of technology that uses gravity to purify the water that you have in your pipes that you cannot drink right now because your kids will get sick and die. Imagine surviving a war but having your child die from something like typhoid or cholera. Ukraine's ambassador to Canada estimates 40,000 residential buildings have been destroyed 
amplifying the need for long-term support. In the big city of Odessa, just two weeks ago, half of the million people, people for more than a, uh, two days were without a power. And for people like Anastasia, winning the war is about more than one day being able to go back home. We fight not only about our territories, not only about our culture or our people. We, we fight for democracy principles. A fight she hopes Canadians will continue helping in. Raheem Ladani, CTV News. Now, despite the weather out there right now, the show must go on, at least for thousands of country music fans. We'll be descending on Scotiabank Arena tonight to see music superstar Thomas Rhett. But before he hits the stage, he spoke to CTV's Andrea Case, and that's where we find her. Andrea. Uh, Michelle and Nathan, it is blustery outside. I don't need to tell you that. And Thomas Rhett is originally born in Georgia, so he is a long way from home. The tour is called Hometown Tour, and I'm sure the Toronto audience is going to make him feel not only at home, but very warm tonight. Hey, how are you? Good I'm to see great. you. How are you? A warm hug for one of country's hottest stars, singer-songwriter Thomas Rhett is backstage at Scotiabank Arena. Maybe I could die a happy man. I love playing up here. For the, I, I got to play up here for the first time in 2012, like opening for, it seems like everybody under the sun. And so we, we got to kind of come up here and headline for the first time in 2018 uh, and in 2019. And then obviously because of 2020, we couldn't get up here, but... Uh, it's kind of like a reunion in a way. Rhett is currently on his home team tour. Y'all, it's freezing up here. He doesn't take for granted that fans will battle the elements to see him perform. I don't know how people do it. I, I genuinely don't. So tonight, like if this were Nashville, schools would be closed, concerts would be canceled, roads would be closed. So uh, thank you to everybody coming out tonight because where I come from, this would not be happening. But it is. Rhett signed his first contract when he was just 22. He comes by his country roots honestly. His dad is singer-songwriter Rhett Akins. He's awesome. Yeah, he has uh, just been writing songs, you know. Um, I feel like every time I look at the, the chart, he's at least got four or five songs on, on the radio that he's written for other people. But he's doing great. Tonight, we rock. <laughs> We do have the exact same name. I'm a junior, so we're both Thomas Rhett Akins. And so there, there have been times where I've received royalty checks that were actually his, and then he's received royalty checks that were actually mine. Which from, ones are bigger? Songwriting, yeah. I give him the smaller one every time. So, If his star keeps rising the way it is, those checks will keep on coming. I certainly hope that uh, he has snow tires on his tour bus because he's heading to Ottawa on Friday and Montreal on Saturday. Reporting live from a blustery Scotiabank Arena, I'm Andrea Case. Michelle, I'll send it back to you. Thanks, Andrea. Coming up, how a company now launching in Toronto is taking a bite out of food waste and helping not-so-picky eaters save some dough. And I'm Pat Foran. Coming up on Consumer Alert, auto theft continues to get worse in the GTA. And now thieves have a new favorite to steal. Be careful if you own a newer Ram pickup truck. Already hundreds have been stolen so far this year. I'll have my report. That's just ahead. So the most impactful part of this storm will be through the night tonight. Travel will be tricky if you don't have to be out on the roads. I suggest you maybe stay home. As we make our way into the day tomorrow, the precipitation will taper off, but we're not in the clear. Still possible we could get a little bit of a light, messy mix. And then colder air is going to move in for the end of the week. A full look at your forecast is coming up. And stay with us. We've got another full night of great shows for you right here on CTV.
Auto theft continues to be a massive problem in the GTA. And despite police warnings and security advice, thefts have actually increased in 2023. And now thieves have their eye on a popular pickup truck, which has led to a rash of thefts in cities and towns across the province. Here's Pat Foran and Consumer Alert. Pat. Nathan and Michelle. From Ottawa to Windsor, the Ram pickup truck appears to be the new target for criminals. The popular pickup is now sought after overseas, so thieves have moved it to the top of their list. In York Region alone, more than 130 have been stolen so far this year. Ram trucks are being stolen from driveways in Barrie, London, and Toronto. Scott McCullough of Coburg recently got back from a vacation in Cuba. His 2022 Ram that was parked near the airport was gone. Went to the parking lot where I left my uh, vehicle to find that it was not there. I would like my, my truck back. Jamie Niblett of Bowmanville just had his 2022 Ram stolen from in front of his house. I got to the bottom of the driveway, turned around, and uh, noticed that my truck was gone. I love the truck. I love everything about it. Kamyar Sultani of Thornhill had his 2022 Ram pickup stolen as well. Thieves were in his driveway for about 15 minutes before they drove off. Someone can come to your property, take your vehicle away, and it's becoming... Uh, Routine. Thieves seem to be one step ahead of auto manufacturers reprogramming key fobs and using relay attacks to take over a vehicle's computer system. The parent company of Ram, Stellantis, told CTV News, while such events are rare, they are not exclusive to any maker model of vehicle. We are engaged in continuous product improvement and urge all motorists to take due care in securing their vehicles. York Regional Police say thefts are up dramatically in 2023 and predict 5,000 vehicles will be stolen in York Region alone this year. 131 Ram pickups have already been stolen since January 1st. Almost happened overnight where it used to be the, the Lexus 350 was very popular. It still is. Uh, but definitely we've seen a spike with the, the Dodge Rams. For owners of the Ram pickup truck, it's been frustrating as even using security systems and tracking devices didn't prevent the thefts. I'm a small business uh, contractor and uh, that vehicle is my lifeline. Where is this going? Are they going to put an end to this or is this going to become a part of our lives? And along with the Ram pickup, another vehicle gaining popularity with thieves is the Toyota Highlander. It's already on the top 10 list of most stolen, but police say they've seen a recent increase in Highlander thefts. On your side, I'm Pat Foran. If you have a consumer story idea, email us at alert at ctv.ca. A major winter storm is pounding parts of the U.S., unleashing heavy snow and high winds. More than 50 million Americans were under winter weather advisories earlier today. The storm hit a wide swath in the west and north into the east. Driving's been difficult, if not impossible, and more than 1,300 flights were canceled below the border. The nasty weather is expected to continue into tomorrow, and certainly they're not the only ones. Uh, we're getting hit with some stormy weather as we speak as it pushes through the region. Yeah, I do worry about the drive home and how the roads are looking right now, Lindsay. Yeah, I'm taking a look at Bay Street behind us there, and that snow is sticking to the ground. Of course, cars, that's a busy roadway, so some of that snow uh, not causing too much of an issue just yet. And crews are all over this one. They've been out uh, brining and salting the roadways. They will be out clearing the snow as it continues to fall. If we get completely just snow with this system, we could see a healthy amount of it. If we get some ice pellets mixing in here in the GTA, that is going to lessen our snowfall amount. So 
Pick Your Poison. Weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train. I want to take you through the weather warnings just before we get into the meat and potatoes of this system and point out the fact that if you're joining us from Oakville, Burlington, Milton, Hamilton, and then over toward Niagara, you remain under a freezing rain warning. So in addition to snow and ice pellets, which could total 5 to 10 centimeters, you could be in for 5 to 15 millimeters of ice accretion. And that's where the ice builds up on things like branches and power lines could lead to a few outages if the winds are strong enough. Here in Toronto, York Region and Southern Durham Region, you are under a winter storm warning. This is all encompassing of snow, ice pellets and very strong winds. And then there's a line from about Bracebridge over to Cornwall where the heaviest snow is expected with this system. I'm going to show you in just a moment. Here first is a closer look at the satellite and radar. You can see some of those darker blues inching closer to the downtown area. We'll widen out to show you the scope of this storm. And yes, the fact that it has also been impacting millions of Americans in addition to us on this side of the border. The most impactful part of the storm will be overnight tonight. Tomorrow, the precipitation itself tapers off. There's a bit of a mix that's going to happen uh, for areas mainly north of the GTA. But for us, it's possible that we could get into some patchy freezing drizzle or another round of ice pellets. And that doesn't do a great job of showing up on our forecast radar. So it may look like nothing, but we are expecting it to be slippery at times for tomorrow. So there's a look at some of the ice accretion that we're expecting, mainly for the West GTA and the Niagara Peninsula. As for snow, so this is more of a worst case scenario. What I'm thinking is likely right now is anywhere from 10 to 15 centimeters of snow. That could be 10 to 15 centimeters of snow and ice. If we get entirely snow, maybe closer to 20 centimeters of it. But I think the heavier amounts would be away from Lake Ontario. So downtown, you are likely to see less, as usual, with this type of system. Winds still expected to be strong as we make our way through the overnight hours. So watch for blowing and drifting along with reduced visibility. Here's the forecast radar. So that's about 9.30. You can see that mixing in Halton region and around the Hamilton area. Some of that creeps its way into downtown and perhaps the Toronto proper area as we make our way through the overnight. Tomorrow morning, we see some clearing. There's tomorrow afternoon in the snow to our north. Maybe another burst of flurry activity uh, late in the afternoon or early into the evening. Friday is a clearer day, but it's also going to be quite cold. More on that in a moment. Overnight tonight, minus five. Daytime high tomorrow, holding steady at about the freezing mark. Here is the seven-day forecast. Cold air, especially Thursday night and into the day on Friday. Another round of snow in the forecast for this weekend. That's the forecast. Nathan, over to you. All right. Thank you, Lindsay. Also tonight, a first-of-its-kind study looks to common weight loss medication as a means to help prevent heart disease, investigating the connection between obesity and heart problems. The GTA Community Research Centre is the first of its kind to use weight loss medication to help prevent heart disease. Our health reporter Pauline Chan reports on the facility and its unique approach. Hey, Lois, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Lois Burnett first met Dr. Rishi Honda in 2018. She already had one heart attack in 2014, and he scheduled her for a stent, even though there was no clear evidence she needed one. And I was literally on the table, and they and had the heart attack just before they... Did so, of course, they went ahead with the stenting procedure. Now she visits his new clinic in Oshawa to participate in new research, testing common obesity medications as a way to prevent heart disease. The connection between weight and cardiometabolic problems 
Um, and, and this is what, what, I, what I tell folks is a, is a sort of a, a game changer study because we're actually looking at patients being on weight loss medications and, and focusing on the outcomes of heart attacks and strokes. Dr. Honda says the new clinic focuses on a holistic approach because many people suffer from heart disease while struggling with obesity and sometimes also diabetes. Uh, be able to control their, their illnesses a lot better um, by, by treating things like weight um, and getting their uh, blood pressures controlled and, and um, getting their sugars controlled. The hope is to reduce the need for more and more medications and prevent diseases like diabetes and heart conditions from developing. And because this is part of medical research, the cost of the medications is covered by grants from pharmaceutical companies. Burnett doesn't know if she's on the drug or a placebo, but she supports the research. Heart disease in women present so differently. She says she didn't recognize her back pain as a heart attack, so education for all is essential. Pauline Chan, CTV News. The nominations are now out for this year's Canadian Screen Awards, recognizing excellence in TV and film. Where are you going? Just going to meet some friends. I want you running the street with no hooligans. You hear me, Francis? Take your brother with you. Clement Virgo's film Brother is up for Best Motion Picture alongside five other nominees, including Charlotte Le Bon's Falcon Lake and Sadaf Farugi's Summer with Hope. The full list of nominees is available at academy.ca. The awards will be handed out in April. And we're proud to share the CTV News Toronto has been recognized in two categories by the Canadian Screen Awards. The nominations include Best Local Newscast and a nod for Best Local News Anchors for Nathan and Me. Stars Tonight is brought to you by Lastman's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody. Winter Storm Impact, tomorrow on CP24 Breakfast, with a messy mix ahead, tracking the conditions, closures, and cancellations across the GTA. CP24 Breakfast, where Toronto gets its everything every morning. This is likely going to be a multiple-day event. Updating our top stories, city crews say they could be digging out for several days as a winter storm moves over southern Ontario. Residents are being urged to drive according to the conditions. It's scary to think that you could just be getting in your car and someone could do that to you. Halton police are on the hunt for two suspects in connection with a violent carjacking in a Milton grocery store parking lot. A woman was forced out of her vehicle after it was struck by a stolen pickup truck. Maybe there's a bit of discoloration, but it won't really make a difference to the taste or the freshness at all. A new delivery service is finding homes for so-called ugly food. Odd Bunch is bringing the produce to GTA residents at up to half the cost of what they pay in the grocery store. On the market, the Looney traded down 10 basis points to close at 73.77 U.S. Oil slid 241 to 73.95 a barrel, and the TSX lost 59 points to close at 20,193. In sports, Jake Muzzin will not be returning to the Leafs lineup this season or for the playoffs. The decision was made following a review by the team's medical staff as he recovers from a cervical spine injury. The veteran defenseman has not played since suffering a neck injury during a game in October. The club says Muzzin's status will be updated at training camp. Are you the type to turn away fruit that looks a bit odd or discolored? But what if the produce tasted perfectly fine? A company now launching in Toronto is tapping into the value of the imperfect to save you money and spare the waste. CTV's Scott Lightfoot reports.
The concept of fresh produce being delivered to your door isn't new. But the produce in these boxes would never have made it to store shelves simply because of the way it looks. It's like maybe there's a bit of discoloration, but won't really make a difference to the taste or the freshness at all. Um, and because our, our supply chain is so much more truncated than, than the grocery stores, uh, we're able to turn product faster and turn gets to you faster, so it's, it's, it's fresher that way. It's called Odd Bunch, and the service, which is now launching in the GTA, allows consumers to get weekly deliveries of fresh produce, which might be slightly misshapen or scarred, at up to half the cost of what they pay in the grocery store. There's something empowering about knowing that every box that you get is actually 10 to 15 pounds of good food saved from going to landfill. Oddbunch's founder says with nearly 60% of produce grown in Canada going to waste, the program also helps growers and greenhouses by providing an alternative for excess or unsaleable produce. We try our best to source everything within a 200-kilometer radius. Um, because we're, we're originally from London, Ontario, we've got... Leamington, which is sort of our backyard, the hydroponics. Um, we've made some headwind into to Niagara as well, but we're very keen. So if, if there are growers in the Toronto area, I know Bradford and Alliston are, are, are very big uh, produce areas, definitely reach out. We're always looking for new partners. The company is also looking for delivery drivers. Since starting in southwestern Ontario last spring, it has grown quickly, recently launching in Montreal and now accepting orders from customers anywhere across the GTA. So we're confident now that beginning today and tomorrow, we have the ability to serve the entire GTA and, and provide uh, a quality product for 30 to 50% cheaper than what you and I can find at the grocery store. With food costs on the rise, Odd Bunch is betting that consumers are willing to overlook the look of their produce and focus on the freshness and cost. Scott Lightfoot, CTV News. We continue to monitor a winter storm, and it has intensified over the past hour. Yeah, once again, we'll take a look behind us and see just how heavy that snow has become. And this is still uh, the beginning of the storm. It's going to continue through the night tonight. Let's take one more look at the satellite and radar. And what I want to draw your attention to here is the purple at the bottom of your screen. That's indicative of ice pellets now inching ever closer to the Hamilton area. What you see in pink there, that's freezing rain, and that's starting to fall along the north shore of Lake Erie. I'll remind you of the fact that ice pellets sound like ice hitting your windshield. Freezing rain looks and sounds like rain, but it freezes on contact. Tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised if we have bus cancellations around the GTA, so be sure to tune in to News Talk 1010 or CP24 Breakfast for updates on that. Here is one more look at our seven-day forecast. So tomorrow, still dealing with patchy freezing drizzle and ice pellets. It's a drier day on Friday, but it will be cold. Nathan and Michelle. Thank you, Lindsay. And be sure to join Omar Sachedina tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by Zoraida Allman with our next local newscast at 1130. In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CP24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca. For Lindsay Morrison and all of us at CTV News, thank you for watching and have a good night.